the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Give up a chance. Give up your heart. Love never fails. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Give Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with an amazing leader in Contra Costa County, Susan Kim. She's the executive director of Contra Costa Family Justice Center since March of 2014. Um, she's a family law attorney with extensive litigation experience in domestic violence and uh, just a, a, an array of experience managing uh, Bay Area legal aid in Contra Costa County as well. Um, and then also a graduate of New York University School of Law. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you so much for having me and for this opportunity to share our work. Absolutely. Well, I'm so grateful to, as you know, um, recently, uh, Love Never Fails was uh, funded. Um, uh, thank you to John Muir uh, Community Health Fund. They've funded our ability to expand into Contra Costa County. And so uh, one of those things is is really for us to be more of a present organization there at the Family East County Family Justice Center. And we're so grateful for the center which just opened a few months ago and all of the great work that you've been doing with the variety of agencies that are there so um, thank you for including us and um, and of course uh, for the work that you've been doing throughout Contra Costa County so I want to I want to talk a little bit about that so Susan you've been doing this for a long while and so just kind of um, starting off it would be good for the listening audience to hear what's your motivation what got you started in this um, focus on providing safety and justice for um, victims? Well, um, that's a great question, and thank you for um, allowing me to share a little bit of my own personal journey, because I think a lot of us do what we do because there is that personal connection. Um, Let's see. I actually should start with my grandpa, but I don't know, maybe... That will take us a little, you know, too much time. But uh, just to make the very long story short, uh, my grandparents on my mom's side um, were refugees from the Korean War. They moved from North Korea to Korean, uh, South Korea just before uh, the actual Korean Civil War that happened in 1950. So this experience of refugees and immigrants, I think, was very much part of our family culture. And that also meant that, you, you know, you have to be very resilient and you have to know how to overcome hardships. And you also have to face discrimination as refugees and immigrants. So my mom, uh, after having been a refugee herself as a young, young girl from North Korea to South Korea, uh, she uh, immigrated to the United States in her 40s. So she often talks about how she's always been an immigrant. And I myself uh, came with my family from Korea to uh, the United States when I was 17 years old. Again, that experience of 
being an immigrant, being an outsider, mm-hmm. I think was very much part of uh, you know my foundation and growing up. And what that also meant was just being very sensitive about uh, people who are underserved, people who are on the outside, people who are not in the center of power. Yes, and really understanding those power dynamics and power differential made me very uh, much justice oriented. And I think as a teenager, you know, I was this angry teenager who wanted a revolution. (laughs) (laughs) You too? (laughs) I would have been like, yes, we got to break down all of our systems. So I think, you know, just having that immigrant background and having that experience of being an outsider, you know, going all the way from my grandparents and my parents and then I myself, um, I think always allowed me to really connect with our low-income communities and people with disabilities and people with a lot of different needs. Yes, yes. So I went to law school uh, in 1980, 1991, no, actually 1988. I'm old. So I went to law school really thinking that I wanted to be uh, like an agent for social change. I wanted a revolution. But the first year law school experience always beats you down, mm. makes you realize that, like, oh, my God, there's so much to read and learn. And I, you know, just didn't feel so adequate and also didn't believe at the time that the legal system really was adequate in uh, providing uh, answers to the changes that were needed. So I think law school was kind of a struggle for me because it, it, the curriculum that I had at NYU really was a very traditional curriculum, didn't really give enough tools for social change. And then after law school, I ended up working at a um, pretty big law firm in San Francisco. And for after four years there, and then I worked at another law firm for two years uh, in Seoul, I just realized that I couldn't keep doing that type of work. I mean, I have friends who are uh, successful litigators or successful law firm lawyers, um, and I have a lot of respect and admiration for them, but that wasn't me. Again, I think I was always uh, motivated by doing something good for those who needed help. And being in big law just was not for me. So. I ended up finding my first legal aid job at APR Legal Outreach in San Francisco, and I wasn't necessarily looking for domestic violence work at the time. I was just looking for any legal work that was outside big law firms, anything that would allow me to connect with people that I cared about. So, you know, I I had really no prior domestic violence experience. Uh, when I applied for the job. But I remember doing my first job interview with a group of people who had been doing a lot of deep domestic violence work, sat around the table and asked me. They said, oh, your resume looks pretty good. You know, you have some public interest background, but what experience do you have with domestic violence? Mm-hmm. Well, when I said the truth is, I had none really at the time in my, you know, in my thinking, I had really didn't know much about it because I had really not studied it. I didn't really think much about it. So I looked around and I thought to myself, okay, how can I answer this question? So I paused and I said, you know, I don't have that much professional experience or I don't really know, I haven't really read up on it, but I have personal experience. Mm. Yeah. And the room was silent and they didn't ask any follow-up questions and I got the job. <laughs> got the job. <laughs> Lived right, experience. I got, I got yeah. Done. But you see, but within my first month, uh, just by meeting our clients and just listening to their stories, I realized that I had had seen and experienced domestic violence. I just did not know what that was. I didn't right. have a name for it. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, more recently, you know, as we have learned more about human trafficking, for instance, right? Yep. We are now also learning, oh, that was human trafficking. Right. We just didn't have a name for it. Exactly. Yeah. So just learning what that is and really relating to it. I mean, yeah, I remember my grandpa, whom I loved and adored, who was just such a solid lock you know, solid rock foundation in our family. I remember my grandpa, uh, who wasn't necessarily happy with what my grandma had cooked, would just like throw everything from the table. Wow. I remember him doing that. But I, you know, had so much respect for him because he was like this big 
father figure to me. Mm-hmm. And what he did, however, was domestic violence. Right. How do you do that? How do you throw the entire table upside and down just because something my my, my grandma cooked was too salty? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember later on uh, learning about my dad, like cross-examining my mom and not letting her sleep all night just because my mom opened a separate bank account. Mm. My mom told me that, and mm. I was like, wow, you didn't, he didn't let you sleep? But I, I didn't have a name for it, right? right. I, I did not know there was also domestic violence. Yeah. You don't, you don't know that until you're informed. Long. Yeah. Right. Wow. So I guess in some ways it was the serendipity that I got that first domestic violence job in 1997. But once I figured out what that was, I realized that was kind of my life calling. Yes. Because, you know, I had always cared about human rights and social justice, but this issue here, really women's rights issue, which is also a human rights issue, right? Mm -hmm. That just kind of, I don't know, really resonated with me and it made sense for me. Yeah, be in this work, and I haven't left uh, the work, you know, the <laughs> work of interpersonal violence, domestic violence, and you know, power and control dynamics uh, since then. So it's been since 1997. Wow, in the field, and we're yeah. we're fortunate for that. We are very fortunate that you are. Uh, you are doing what you do. When we come back, I, I, I see in your bio that you have three busy boys, age 19 and a twin 16-year-olds. And one of the things that I wanted to just ask you, you know, before we branch into the Family Justice Center is, you know, how is that for you in with your charter, right, in, 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 yeah. in justice and raising young men? We're going to come right back. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Susan Kim, who is the Executive Director of Contra Costa County Family Justice Center. And uh, she's just been sharing some of her personal experiences and how she got involved in this work. And before the break, we talked about she's the mother of three boys, ages 19 and two twin 16-year-olds. So tell us a little bit, Susan, you know, you're the mom of three boys. Uh, I am too. And so I'd love to uh, just hear from you. How has that been in raising young men, especially in uh, in our society, which um, sometimes is referred to as a rape culture, um, certainly a culture that um, has, um, you know, perpetuated some of the um, situations like the one you described with throwing food when you don't like it or, you know, interrogating a a partner um, when they do something and they think for themselves. Well, you know, what, what are the dialogues? What's your dinner? What's your family dinner discussion look like? I know actually um, this, um, this topic uh, is really timely because uh, there has been, um, an incident uh, at my twins' high school. I don't know if you read it recently. No. Uh, in Berkeley High, there was a graffiti in a girl's bathroom. I mm. think it was last week that actually wrote uh, the boys to watch out for. 
and then names of the boys uh, that have been accused of either rape or uh, sexual misconduct. Wow, I didn't hear that. Media, wow, I missed that. This whole thing totally blew up, and it really has impacted many people on campus, mm. including those who have experienced violence and sexual harassment, as well as those who have been accused. And it's been a really, really tough issue. And yeah, and as a result of this incident, of course, I have spent a lot of time talking to my boys. Uh, and there are just so many layers to it. So I don't know where to begin, but I think the first thing, of course, is really learning about consent and what yes. it means mm-hmm. and learning about what a healthy relationship looks like and what that healthy sex life should look like and also understanding our rape culture and what the Hollywood and our media and now most recently social media perpetuate in terms of gender-based norms and stereotypes and uh, gender-based violence. I mean, there's just so much to unpack there in terms of what they are facing uh, from the media and social media. So we, of course, need to talk about that. And then as far as those who have been accused of doing harm to other people, I tell my boys, because they feel pressure sometimes to take a stance. You know, they want to do the right thing and they want to... um, be seen like they are doing the right thing, but sometimes it's not so clear. And, you know, you know, we also know that there have been people who have been falsely accused. And what if it was one of my boys whose name was on the graffiti, right? right? As uh, someone who's uh, perpetuated sexual violence, that would be really rough. Yeah. So I'm also having conversations with my boys. You know, yes, you could be against rape and you should be, you know, with, you know, you should support you know, your friends who are really feeling passionate about that. But that doesn't mean that you jump to the conclusion and assume that all of these boys whose names appear in the graffiti have committed this crime. This crime, yeah. So, yeah, it's been... Uh, and then also just being open-minded and asking questions. Have you all considered how victims feel? Yeah, because right. Has anyone consulted victims? Because sometimes we get so... Um, uh, you know, activated by certain causes and mission and making public statements is really important, right? Mm-hmm. And I, like, for instance, we've learned about Me Too movement and all that. I mean, it's really important to make public statements mm-hmm. because we should not be silent anymore. But at the same time, um, I think we also need to ask questions. Yeah. You know, I mean, has our cause become so important that we have forgotten victims? Right. Do we know how they feel? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the kind of conversation we have. That's so good. That's so good. Our dinner table, but you know. Yeah, we have to have these conversations and they're uncomfortable and we don't always have the answers. You know, personally, uh, one of my sons, he's an adult now, but when he was in middle school, he was accused of raping uh, another girl. And it was just before he graduated from eighth grade. And mm-hmm. he was actually without any without any proof or anything, mm-hmm. never had an incident at ever. He was uh, taken down to the police station. He was interrogated ah. for hours. And um, and of course, you know, being the investigative mom that I am, I broke into his email and all his social media. I gathered 28 pages of uh, pictures that this girl had been texting him and emailing him, sexting him. Um, mm-hmm. 28 pages of e- of texts and words of, you know, soliciting him to um, get involved with her. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and when I brought those that packet of paperwork down to the uh, the uh, the police station, she she immediately became weepy and apologized to me and said she had made it up and she just didn't want anybody to know that um, you know that they were having these kind of communicate this kind of communication. So it w- but I mean it totally tore up my son and our family. It it oh. ripped through our household. And so and, and you know, and, and he wasn't able to graduate on the stage because of that. His eighth grade graduation yeah. was stolen because of a false oh. accusation. And so mm-hmm. to your point, we have to um, we have to uh, be careful. 
be very, very careful when we go through this process that we honor the victim and that we hear the hashtag me too. And then at the same time, we also investigate the matter. So I appreciate you saying that as a mother of boys, um, we have to advocate for just justice across the board. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah. And also, I mean, I think if we have um, too many uh, false accusations, I think they themselves will undermine the work that we are trying to do. That's right. To protect our victims, to believe them, to hear them. Yes. So it is a very complex complex and difficult issue for us adults. So really imagine how difficult it would be for our children and are we providing enough tools, education and resources for them to really have these conversations and you know navigate through difficult waters. Yeah, I wonder about that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a a new thing that I think maybe, you know, when we talk about the dialogue of consent, right? We need to um maybe um, dr- drill down a little bit more into um, when you know when you report things and false reports and things like that, right? Just being careful in that regard as well. Um, I, th- I think we need to come up with a new app. Yeah, so come up. You know, Vanessa, that's your field. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, whip I an mean, app together. Up, <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean. Maybe. Maybe like you know we should we don't necessarily need to have a like written contract or anything, but you know if there's an app that could really facilitate good communication, right? Yeah, and really what you know really understanding what that consent means between two people mm-hmm. before they you know, do something. So anyway, I'm going to put it to you. Okay. I've been voluntold. Good. I got it. I got it. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I, when I come back, when we come back, I want to talk about the wonderful things you're doing with the family justice center in Contra Costa County. Um, and the expansion, quite frankly, that, um, is underway there. So let's, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and hear from Susan Kim of Family Justice Center in Contra Costa County. Thanks so much for listening. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Susan Kim, who's the executive director of Contra Costa County Family Justice Center since March of 2014. And you have uh, been uh, sort of looking after two centers, correct? Or you started out with just one. Is that right, Susan? Yes. So um, I started uh, at the West Family Justice Center in 2014, mm-hmm. and when I joined the Family Justice Center, it was just a pilot project at uh, Richmond Police Substation that started uh, in 2011, uh, one day a week. And then when I came, uh, we were not even a, not, a standalone nonprofit organization. It really was a project and a kind of concept in its pilot phase. And then I uh, incorporated the organization, got 501c status, and opened two centers. Uh, the one in Concord was opened in March 2015, and then the West Center in Richmond moved to its permanent location in June 2015. And then we opened our third and final center in September 2019 in Antioch. 
-hmm. really realizing the vision of creating one network of family justice centers in Contra Costa County. So if you're a victim of interpersonal violence, regardless of where you are, your income, your immigration status, your gender, we will assist you. We really are like one network at three locations of convenience for our clients. Yeah. And, you know, so I had the opportunity to um, participate in your biannual partner meeting and you bridged everyone on, uh, I think it was using Zoom or some tele, you know, a video conferencing um, uh, platform. But it was uh, it was great to I, I liked the format that you used in pulling us all together so we could look at each other, a similar format that was disseminated to all of us. And I really felt linked right to the other centers um so you know i i yeah i got that feeling right that we're all integrated in is in one network and so how many partners do you have or uh in each of the centers today so total we have about 50 partners and okay five partners zero are okay. at all three locations mm-hmm. yeah some partners are at all three locations and others are just at one or two locations. Uh, you know, it really depends on uh, the partner's capacity. We have three different types of partners. One is law enforcement agency, which includes police departments and the district attorney's office. And then we have a second group of public agencies, county agencies and city agencies. And then third is uh, community-based organizations like Love Never Fails. Awesome. And all of the providers and partners work together in this integrated system, uh, not just in this co-location, but also all of the services and programs are integrated and coordinated uh, through our Family Justice Center backbone staff. Yes. And so you, so, so and tell, tell the listening audience a little bit about the vision for the centers. I think that's important for people to understand, you know, uh, you know, that you, you have a focus on what you want people to experience when they come through the front doors. Yeah. Just to bring us back a little bit, um, our family justice centers are part of a international movement of the family justice center. So we are not like the first one in the country. In fact, the first one uh, started in San Diego probably around like almost 20 years ago. And the Family Justice Center model, which is a one-stop center model for victims of interpersonal violence, is considered a best practice by the U.S. Department of Justice. And um, the whole idea really is a simple one, which is when you are experiencing interpersonal violence, domestic violence, sexual assault, or elder abuse, or human trafficking, you are really in crisis under a lot of uh, stress and you're experiencing trauma. So it's really unfair or unreasonable to demand or, uh, you know, understand, I mean, really to require our victims to understand and navigate through so many different systems. It's really difficult. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that at the Family Justice Center, we bring all of the partners together on the one roof. So the victim just has to come to one place. And the victim is going to work with a navigator who is the one trusted like point of contact. All of her services and programs will be navigated by this navigator. Our navigators are really well trained. They are multilingual. They really understand all the different systems and services and like eligibility requirements of all the different partners, so that the victim doesn't really have to, you know, study so many different systems. The victim just could come to one place and start breathing and start getting to safety and working on her long-term education and employment goals. Yes. And, and that's, you know, I think for me, one of the things that I love is the fact that it's so victim centered, right? It's not just that you have all these resources in the same place and and that the victim has to go and navigate across 10 or 15 different resources, but that you have that central person that is the liaison, if you will, and um, is there for the support of the victim. And so that's just, you know, that's wonderful. Um, 
you the stats that you shared, I don't have them in front of me, but the stats that you shared during the partner meeting were impressive. Um, can you rattle off just, I mean, how many people are you seeing in Contra Costa County now? You went from half a, half a day in a police substation to now, you know, six years later, you are seeing thousands. T- t- tell us if you could uh, how many. Okay, so in 2019, uh, in our three centers, we assisted close to 4,000 families. Mm-hmm. And those families lived with more than 3,000 children under age 18. Wow. There you go. 4,000 families. That's wonderful. Um, and, and just thinking about some of the different types of agencies that are represented there, you have agencies that are working with the refugee population, correct? People that are undocumented, people that speak Spanish. How many languages are you covering there in the Family Justice Center? Well, our staff speak uh, Thai, Spanish, Korean, and English. Uh, but also we have a lot of partners, and mm-hmm. that allows us to speak in, I think, at least 20 different languages. 20, yeah, I think We it's update yeah. our language resource list, and we ask our partner agencies to volunteer to provide language support. So, like, I'm on that list, so if you have any Korean speaker, I could provide language support on the phone. Mm-hmm. And likewise, we have, you know, many, many different languages. Uh, we update that list on a regular basis, and I think that's another thing that's nice about being in this kind of network of partners willing to work together. Absolutely. Yeah. The collaboration. There's a feeling when you're there. So we had the opportunity to do our very first introduction to cybersecurity and programming um, workshop um, on the 1st of February, or actually was it the 2nd? I think it was the 2nd of February. It was awesome. We had um, roughly 25 people there who learned how to code a video game in Python. And uh, we had half of our participants were from the city of Antioch. We had people as young as 12 on up to a 54-year-old woman who was coding away. It was just a great time. But one thing um, that I just, want, again, want to compliment you on and the staff uh, is that everyone um, felt uh, my staff, as they prepared, they were just felt included and um, they felt that they had resources, people that they could reach out to. And there's just so much better to do things together than alone. So uh, hopefully, you know, others in the family justice centers throughout the county feel the same. It's just good to be part of a community that cares. So um. By the way, we're hoping to do uh, more of those ICAP workshops in Pittsburgh and in Bayview. So um, be looking out, those who are listening, uh, for a future future engagement. So, so we're going we're gonna to take a break here, and um, we're going to come back and hear about things that are going on at the Family Justice Center that people should take advantage of. Um, there are classes going on there. There's workshops aside of the ICAP, you know, the tech class that I mentioned. There's tons of classes on suicide prevention and a variety of other um, topics that will probably be helpful to those who are listening. So we'll come right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. 
Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with Susan Kim, who's the Executive Director of Contra Costa County Family Justice Center. We've been having a great conversation about why this matters to us personally and professionally. Uh, social justice matters. Um, making people safe matters. And the Family Justice Center is doing a great job of that in, throughout Contra Costa County with 50 different agencies engaging on various levels. I wanted to give you a chance to talk about some of the things that are going on in the in in the each of the centers and maybe um, invite people out, Susan. Yeah, it's great. So I think it's easy to think about our work in three buckets. Okay, so I think that's helpful to think about. Okay, what do you all do? So many things going on. So the first bucket is crisis support. So a lot of our clients come in when they are have experiencing a crisis and they need help to get to safety. So that includes what I mentioned, navigation, but also we have attorneys who provide free consultation four days a week at all of the centers, and we have uh, brief therapy with the licensed therapist who provides free counseling uh, up to three to six sessions, you know, just to deal with the crisis. So we have a lot of crisis support programs. And also uh, a lot of our uh, partner agencies provide case management, advocacy in areas of domestic violence, sexual assault, human trafficking, as well as we could connect clients to law enforcement agencies to inquire about their criminal case and the district, district attorney's office about their criminal case. So a lot of our work is really in the crisis support. But we don't want to ignore the fact that our clients also need to build their lives together and work on long-term safety and independence. So how do you get there? We have education and job training programs as well as uh, parenting classes. We even do yoga. We help people with tax preparation. Uh, We started a new program called Success Academy, which is an academic tutoring program for children of our clients. Um, We have a program called WINGS, Women Inspired to Grow and Succeed, which uh, is a job preparedness program as well as educational program for our clients to come together to learn about different opportunities out there in terms of education and job training. So we believe that after dealing with that crisis, we really want to work with our clients to build their future and long-term safety so that they don't uh, become victims again. Awesome. So in addition to the long-term safety programs, uh, we try to build healthy and engaged community because a lot of the violent incidents will not be prevented unless you really build a strong and engaged community. So we have a lot of community building programs that includes the Family Justice Institute, which provides free workshops uh, on various topics. You just mentioned, uh, for instance, uh, Trauma 101, Restorative Justice 101, uh, Child Abuse 101, and you know various topics that are related to our work. So we offer these workshops to build an engaged and informed community. We also have a lot of other training programs that we do, as well as um, Project Connect, which is monthly community gatherings to discuss topics of their interests while building their own sense of community. Mm-hmm. So a lot happening at the Family Justice Center Every day, every week, every month of the year, it feels like, you know, we are open Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do have some weekend programs as well. And the best way to find out about our activities is by visiting our website at cocofamilyjustice.org. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, there's tons going on there, and I'm sure there'll be tons more. I'm just curious, before we go to break here, uh, what what made you target Antioch as your next office location? Well, you know, when we started planning to have a countywide network, we had always planned to open a center in East County. Mm-hmm. So remember, we started uh, in West as a pilot, and then the Central uh, started in Concord because the city of Concord was very welcoming and supportive of the initiative and really took a leadership role. Mm -hmm. And then as far as East County, there are four cities in East County, and we all know that uh, East County is changing rapidly. 
there are a lot more people who have moved out there or moving out there, and then the population is aging, and also there are uh, you know sizable on um, low-income uh, residents, especially in Antioch and some in Bay Point. So we knew about these demographic changes, and also what we knew is that uh, there aren't as many nonprofits or uh, resources out there in East County and Far East County. So we were looking at different locations. Uh, considering different criteria, and I think in the end we chose Antioch and our current location because uh, it's accessible to many people in East County. Our location is right on the bus line and not too far from uh, Highway 4, and so uh, this was the best location that we could find. Uh, we considered uh, Pittsburgh, um, maybe Brentwood to just a, to a less extent, but Brentwood is even farther out to east, and we felt that uh, Antioch uh, is more central. Location mm-hmm. is centrally located. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so, well, good. So there's tons of things going on, and I should mention that all of these services are free to the uh, folks that attend, right? There's no uh, per, per fee uh, charges. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, all of our services are free. Uh, but our lawyers who work in our space, while they provide free consultation, mm-hmm. if anyone were to uh, hire them for further representation, they will work out a uh, slight fee schedule. Fee. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So that's, I think that's really helpful for people to hear. I mean, we talked about taxes and parenting classes and, and, you know, um, mental health classes. These, um, are invaluable resources that, um, you can gain access to the community can access for free. So that's, that's just another, um, a great, uh, resource that is, I think, as you said, you know, very much needed, especially as, uh, some of the demographic is changing in that area. And, um, and so, um, I'm excited to be a part of what you're doing there, Susan. Uh, We're going to go to break, but we're going to sign off uh, with Susan. So thanks again for joining the show. Uh, We just really appreciate you and your team and all that you're doing. And thanks a lot. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio with uh, Susan Kim, Executive Director of Contra Costa County Family Justice Center. We She just signed off the last segment, and we are so grateful to she and her staff for uh, what uh, they are providing to the community uh, in the way of social justice services and um, restorative services. I wanted to share a few things that are going on in the community and invite you out Um Let's see here. We have quite a bit happening here. So as many of you heard uh, last week, we are so grateful to our sponsors and to our attendees. Our gala scheduled for the 29th of February is officially sold out. Uh, We expect to have a great time. Um, we just I just wanted to give a quick shout out to some of our sponsors. Our uh, platinum sponsor is Easttown Church in Danville. 
And our um, a few uh, silver sponsor is Cisco Systems. We also have uh, Prince of Peace Enterprises as a silver sponsor. We have a bronze sponsor in ARC and also uh, RTA Group. And I believe that is it for the moment. But uh, we have a few others that are um, still solidifying their position, whether they're going to be gold or bronze. So I won't say. <laughs> oh, John Muir. Um, John Muir um, Health is also a bronze sponsor. That's confirmed. So we're super excited for the variety of folks that are getting involved in this issue of uh, restoring survivors of human trafficking and their children. And what we're doing for this evening is we're celebrating the journey to freedom for survivors of human trafficking. And so this is a celebration. We're going to be having a great time just, um, just admiring and um, looking upon all of the accomplishments of the survivors that we serve. Um, A few things I also wanted to mention is that uh, I will be speaking uh, twice, uh, Friday and Saturday, f- at the Bass Conference, which is three uh, six through the three nine, and so have the opportunity to talk about human trafficking, protecting children, and our church. And so that's at the Redwood Chapel in Castro Valley. So I want to invite you out to partic- uh, participate in that. You're going to see Love Never Fails get a lot more involved in educating the church about human trafficking this year. And I actually want to um, just uh, share with you, we are going to be kicking off a, a church coalition uh, towards the end of March. So if you are a church that's listening in and you want to be a part of that, please do reach out to me. I'm at Vanessa at love never fails us.com. We are going to, this is going to be a, a, a group of about 15 to 20 churches that are interested in uh, receiving education for their youth, receiving education for their parents doing um, doing uh, participating in street outreaches and um, even some of the things that we're talking about doing is um, now that we are certified compassion fatigue specialists doing training for your staff on how they can become more trauma informed and more aware of their own trauma so that they are available to those in the congregation that are experiencing or have experienced trauma. Oftentimes we find that um, people who are overwhelmed in their own circumstance are less available and less aware to uh, of what's going on in their own congregation. So uh, we urge you, if you like to become a have a deeper, richer partnership with Love Never Fails and you want to be part of our, our church coalition, reach out to me and we'll get you involved in our meeting, uh, our kickoff at the end of March. Also on March 28th, we are going to have our second ICAP workshop. ICAP is an acronym, stands for Introduction to Cybersecurity and Programming. We're going to have it at the Kingdom Worship Center International Church of San Jose on Gish Road from 12 to 5 p.m. And you can register for that on our website, which is loveneverfailsus.com forward slash events. Also, I'll be speaking, um, speaking of survivors and advocacy, I as a, you know, as a leader in the corporate world who also has experienced trauma, I'm going to provide some insight on ways that you can uh, be a a survivor of, of, of trauma and also be a strong corporate leader that isn't afraid to move through um, barriers and obstacles. And I'm going to give tools and give some insight uh, for a one hour training session at women of Silicon Valley. Um, That is May 5th, 4th through 5th. I'll have a one hour slot in there that you can come and um, and hear um, some of that information also on um, every first Sunday from at 430 we have our love my city community prayer and uh, so please do come out our next one will be on uh, March the 1st and we have it at 22580 Grand Street in Hayward but you can do it wherever at your your uh, your church and just let us know and we can share our prayer points with you we'd love to uh, collaborate in that way and lastly, our next uh, our next outreach is going to be in March, and that is going to be March the I want to say it's going to be the twenty first. 
but it might be. Yeah, I think it's the 21st. But anyway, 7 p.m. street outreach. And uh, we would love to have you join us. Just go to our website and register today. And uh, and then, of course, we want to just in general uh, remind you of our website, uh, which is loveneverfailsus.com. All of our events are there under events. You can also, uh, we'd love for you to partner with us and become a member today. Uh, there are a variety of membership levels uh, that you can um, you can participate in. And uh, they start with a, um, I'm looking for the title of it, the Lighthouse. The Lighthouse membership allows us to keep the lights on. It's $10 a month or $120 a year. The Restorer is $30 a month, and that allows us to provide counseling for a survivor. The Educator is 50 a month allows us to educate the community on human trafficking. The protector is 75 a month, allows us to um, sponsor a, a survivor in our in our home. And lastly, the game changer, which is um, allowing, um, it's $100 a month, and it allows you to uh, support a student who's in our IT academy. And so we want to just encourage you, join us um, and and commit your, your dollars to this need and to all of these things that you've been hearing about. And you can do that by going to our website, which is loveneverfailsus.com forward slash membership. I also want to encourage you to uh, patronize our store, which is at, uh, it's on, it's in Hayward at Grand Street, 22580 Grand and A Street. And we're open 12 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. We have a new staff member who's our program coordinator over workforce development. Her name is Natasha Oliver. She can be, meet you there. She's a great gal. And um, and then we also have ladies from our store uh, from our houses that work in the store. And so you patronizing will support them. Um, also, if you have donations that are lightly um, used or new, we'd love to receive those there. We'd also... I love to uh, get uh, uh, any uh, furniture items that you might want to donate. As long as they're not too big and bulky, we'd love to receive those items as well. And the last few things is you can find out more about what we're doing by liking our Facebook page, which is Love Never Fails fan page, or our Twitter, which is Love Never Fails 5. And lastly, if you haven't heard it before, we want to make sure that you hear it, or maybe you've heard it and you need to hear it again. Um, We want to make sure that you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Give up.